yeah, it's like a it's like a little echoey. Like there's like a little uh, extra echo. Yeah, it's like ASMR status right I now. Know. <laughs> I know. I was telling people the other day, like I sometimes I just come in here and just fuck around just yeah, with exactly. the mics because like, it's fun. Just like breathing into it, just like No. Hey you guys. <laughs> <laughs> hey guys, welcome back to the video. <laughs> welcome back to my channel. We're gonna but, be doing yeah. some ASMR today. Yeah, pretty I'm much. I kind of love this. No, I know. Isn't it fun? <laughs> Doesn't it make you feel like fancy and old too? Yeah, yes. That's what I always think. I'm like, damn, I feel professional I when I talk into this. Literally professional is like the perfect word for that. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm so not a professional person. So <laughs> yeah. when I can feel like that, it's you know, always, you take what always, you get. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. All right. So we will just get started. We'll just get started with how old are you? Uh, I am 18 years old. Yeah. I, yeah. Whenever people are 18, too, it just makes me breathe a sigh of relief because I'm like, oh, nobody's going to sue me now. Yeah, exactly. And I, But, like, 18 is, like, now, I feel like especially kind of, like, more of a pointless birthday. Like, yeah. it used to be so much more back then because, like, if it was, like, before your senior trip, like, Hawaii drinking, yes. it was just, like, 18, right? So my mom would always be like, oh, yeah, when I was 18, it was legal to drink in Hawaii and we would always go there. So it was 18 was a big deal. And, like, yes. now I get, like... Now I can get arrested. So. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> now it's just the negative things. Yeah, exactly. And you're like, cool? Um, yeah. That's great. Thank you. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's so true. Yeah, because now it doesn't make a difference in Hawaii. Yeah, no. 21 is still the age there. Nothing. So then you're like, well, yeah. that didn't help at all. All I can do to act out is like get piercings and tattoos. There you go. Exactly. <laughs> which you got to do, right? I mean, like, yeah, at some point you got to disappoint your parents. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Like might as well start it at 18 too when you like kind of have that freedom. Exactly. Perfect. Um, but yeah, and then, so where do you go to school? Uh, I go to Las Vegas High School. I'm a senior. Let's go Wildcats. Did you go to the game last night? Um, no, I haven't gone to a football game since like sophomore year. Oh, no shame in that. Yeah. No shame in that. I didn't, I, the only reason I'm really even going this year is because I have some friends on the team and then also like I just genuinely like need to interact with people. And if I don't yeah. go out, I know that I won't see <laughs> yeah, other exactly. people. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But, like, yeah, last year, I don't think I went to one game. Yeah, I feel like, I don't know, football games are only fun when you're, like, not sober. Yeah. No, that's <laughs> is very like, true. I mean, but that could just be, like, a gay thing. No. Football. Like, <laughs> no. Like, you just genuinely I'm, don't give I'm a never, fuck. I'm never socializing, and that's pretty no. much it. <laughs> I, think, I think, honestly, that's most of the people. Like, honestly, if we're being real, like, half the people watching probably don't know a Half the people are physically there, but mentally... No, not. <laughs> no, they, they checked out. Yeah, they checked exactly. out. <laughs> no, exactly. Yeah, they, it's kind of, I don't know. I feel like football too in high school. It's just one of those things where it's like, it can be really good and it can also be really bad. Like just like the culture around it. Yeah, you know? I, I I agree. I think it's like, I mean, just like kind of this whole macho bro yeah. sort of complex. Like, yeah, <laughs> and like it's almost it's kind of like. A gang, you know? I mean, not, like, a gang, like, violent <laughs> gang, but, like, a group of people. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, it's fine. They can pop off, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> they can pop off, I guess. What am I going to do about it? Yeah. Yeah, but so you mentioned, too, that you wanted to talk about, like, being gay and stuff. Yeah. And have, have you ever, like... I, and I don't want to, like, fucking dox anybody or call anybody out here, but, like, have you ever gotten shit from, like, macho guys who were, like, trying to be all, ah, I'm fucking cool and I'm going to shit on you? Yeah, um, so I, I mean, I'm pretty lucky, mm -hmm. I think, um, because I, like the, mo like, the time that I struggled kind of with other people was more, like, middle school yeah. sort of thing, and it was actually before I had officially come out, mm -hmm. um, but, like, what caused sort of that uh, 
more that problem I think was just my own insecurity and uh, me not being out and mm-hmm. kind of just like I I mean I would hear what people said it would be just assumptions at that point because I wasn't officially out yet so right. like it was just rumors people telling lies about me mm-hmm. and then there's just like this wall was put up you know um, but actually. I came out in front of my whole entire eighth grade class during, like, the Fisher speech competition. And it was just, like, my coming out story. It was, like, the memoir or whatever. And um, that was just, like, that was kind of, that was huge for me. I think, like, an extremely pivotal moment because it kind of set me up and, like, set a precedent for, like, my my future with being gay. Um, But what, after I come out was kind of, after I came out was kind of where I started to see more of that change in myself and like other people as well Mm. um and oftentimes like I hate to say this but like straight guys have more of a it's I'm not an easy gay person to make fun of if that's yeah no like I know what you mean um because I'm not extremely feminine extremely flamboyant or out there um I wear makeup that's pretty much it Mm -hmm. um and I've like been how ha- I've had a pretty blessed life, but um, the reason I think why middle school is more rough than me is because I went into it um, being closeted, and then all and it's just having this presumption in my head and this like made out answer that all straight guys hate me. Right. <laughs> so like talking to any straight guy, I was just rude, always just rude to every single straight person that I met, um, just because I was like I'm not gonna let them hurt me yeah it's like or a defense like, mechanism yeah exactly um but afterwards like during high school it's kind of where i realized that sort of it was more me than it was them mm-hmm. um so i kind of worked on that process of like rebuilding those not necessarily relationships but just trying to uh show not necessarily prove either just show them that i'm normal yeah <laughs> yeah um i'm not gonna try to fuck you right because like, that's always seems to be the problem oh my you know? god Um, but yeah. No, I, I was actually just talking, I was talking with someone about this the other day too. So like I, I came out to my family as by maybe like two years ago or something. Yeah. And I, I only really like actually like came out to like a larger group of people. One was reality check because I absolutely love reality check and I'm like really close with all the people there. Yeah. And then the other was through this podcast. Like, I think it was like episode three or something. (laughs) And I like actually like told people publicly, you know? And it's funny because I have noticed the same thing too, where like for me, I feel like at least being bi, like it's like to guys, it's a fetish right. kind of thing where it's like, oh yeah, you're down for a threesome or something. Mm-hmm. I'm like, Jesus, really? Like yeah, that's exactly. what you got out of this? Right. And then with girls though, a lot of times it's like a, it's like a, oh, maybe you're going to try to fuck me kind of thing. Like yeah. it's like I'm, they, they get like off put by it or something right, where it's right. like, oh, they don't want to, like, like I don't know, girls, I feel like, maybe this is just my friends, but we'd always, like, change in front of each other mm-hmm. and shit when yeah. we were younger, whatever. And now, we like, we just don't care. And, you know, a situation would come up or something like that, not with my group of friends, really, but just, like, you know, with other girls or something, right. and they'd be, like, weird about it. Yeah. And I was like, why is that the assumption? Yeah. Like, why, like, if I was trying to hook up with you, you would know, first of all. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Second it's, of all. It would be obvious. <laughs> exactly. And I'm like, what, like, why is that... I don't know. It's just like a weird fear, I think, from right. people. And I think it's, I mean, it's weird to automatically think that someone just wants to have a sex with you. Exactly. <laughs> I feel like even if there's like no signs of that, just strictly because of the gender that they like. Yeah. And then like, 
I actually had an instant similar to like that changing thing in middle school. I was in dance for a year, eighth yeah. grade, because you know, fuck PE, yeah. hate that. Um, <laughs> my and, sister did dance yeah, too. <laughs> there were two. There were two other guys in my class, and there was this one guy, and we had to change separately. So just three of us changing mm-hmm. out. And then he said he made a comment to me, being like, uh, "Aren't you gay? So shouldn't you be changing with the girls?" And I was like, <laughs> "I was like, what?" Uh, so you Sorry, know how? yeah you know i took my ass to miss myers and told yes. on him and Good. i mean it was just like i was just like imagine being that ignorant yeah <laughs> right? exactly where I'm, I'm like how do you walk through the world like that i'm like you are a solid two out of ten <laughs> so please just like stop <laughs> yeah it's like it's honestly it's like you're putting yourself on this pedestal of like what what makes you think that you're such hot shit that right. i'm just gonna try to like sneak a peek in the locker room or something right. like why do you like i don't know to me that's just such an ego thing too like i'm sorry i'm not gonna fuck anything with a dick no exactly <laughs> like it doesn't like that's not the qualification yeah, exactly <laughs> like i still have to be like there's still all these things where it's like and I feel like I feel like that's so true too of like gay men and like any bisexual people or anyone on the LGBTQ spectrum of like being hypersexualized, right? Of like everything you do being some form of like oh you're trying to fuck. Yeah, and I think also too is well almost hypersexualized within uh, within that yeah. community because like it's just like that whole idea of not really being able to find love in right. like childhood and like having those moments to experiment um, because it's not it's still not as common yeah um because believe it or not i don't have many options right no exactly (laughs) and like uh just like so it's just a lot of i think a lot of like (laughs) sexual uh, overly sexualized uh stuff in the lgbtq community which i'm not really against i'm like all about it do what you want pop off right um but it's hard too because like most people that i do meet are just like hook up only right and that's not i have (laughs) I have social anxiety, so, like, it's just not... Hooking up is just, like, terrifying to me. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I would love to be able to do that, though. Right. Just because I feel like it would just be easy. It's so easy mm-hmm. just to, like, go up and be like, hey, want to smash? Exactly. And then, like, just, like, have no, like, obligation the next day. Yeah. Um, but, like, that's just not me. No, <laughs> I, I totally get that. And I feel like that's such a prevalent... Like, maybe it's just this town. I don't know. But I feel like hookup culture is such a real thing here. Yeah. And then it's, like, if you can't emotionally do that it's like something's wrong with like why can't you just do no strings attached why can't you just do this and i'm like you know i've tried that too where it's like in the last year i've been like experimenting and stuff too and like i've tried that and i'm like this isn't for me yeah like i just can't do that i just can't like have some kind of experience like that and then just be like all right poof and we're done and there's also people that to like use people that are out uh because this has happened to me and mm-hmm. maybe it's happened to you as like almost an experiment kind of yeah. to test their own sexuality out um and like i had experience with that too last summer uh like i'm on the hawaii senior trip and like this whole thing Yee. went down just like um like we i was just like with some guy or whatever and then he wanted to talk to me he was wasted we were like both wasted just on the beach mm-hmm. and then he just like basically told me how he was like bi curious for a mm-hmm. while and then since, like, we were both, like, under the influence, I was like, oh, he's kind of cute. Maybe I can right. take it there. I'm a little confident right now. You yeah, know? feeling good. Um, And then he was like, I would, but I just can't right now. And then, like, this whole, and then that kind of, like, started a thing for us all, like, two months mm-hmm. of, like, you know, getting drunk texts from him, being like, you're so cute, all this stuff. Mm-hmm. And then, like, I would just be like, uh. Yeah, it's what? like, how do you react? Right, exactly. And then it's just like, at some point, it just had to, like, 
be over with it. And then, like, I, he sat down and talked to me one time at a party, and I, he had no idea that, like, I liked him, because that's just, like, the story of every gay boy's life, is falling in love with a straight boy that will never want them. (laughs) Um, But, um, and then he just, like, had a talk with me, and me, like, one of my own close friends uh, apparently told him that I liked him, Mm. and that was a whole deal, um, because he said, like, oh, so-and-so told me this, and I just want to make a preface that what happened in Hawaii was just like me being drunk and it was a mistake and like all this stuff mm. and i was like I, I was just like yeah i mean of course i just played it off like yeah no i'm over it. like it's fine it's whatever but right. in the back of my head i was like why were you texting me months after that yeah like that i'm cute mm-hmm. and all this stuff and i'm just like okay sure mm-hmm. and then so i just like decided to step away yeah but, um, which is probably the best thing you could have done right exactly because those type of things like it's never it's never good to feel like a pawn exactly it's like you're the fucking lab rat in someone else's like experiment process and you're like all right look i get that you have to like find yourself but like you don't need to like fuck with me in that in that process because like it's not like your feelings are gonna get messed with you know it's like that's not fair to you and like i was just straight up with him too i was like look i'll like if you need help if you want to talk about it i'm here to help you to talk about it but i'm not gonna like play this game with you yeah like, it's it's not fair to me, and I don't think even it's fair to you. Either. 100%. 100%. So. And do you ever find, too, like, with... Because I'm always curious about this. With, like, with female friends and stuff, do you ever feel like they're just in... in and maybe not your close friends, because mm-hmm. I don't think this would be the case with anyone's close friends, hopefully, but... Do you ever find that, like, your fem- like some, like, female acquaintances or something are, like, friendly with you or want to be friends with you for, like, the GBF type thing of, like, gay best friend of, like, oh, oh, my God. Like, yeah. trying to get so, that relationship. I mean, sort of. But, like, I think it's just kind of just girls wanting to be a friend of the gay person. Yeah. I have, I honestly have no problem with the whole GBF aspect. Yeah. Um, Just because, I mean, I... I, in the end, I'm going to choose who I want to be friends exactly. with. And I'm pretty good at telling who I would click with <laughs> and who I don't click with. And, like, I'm cordial with everyone. Right. Like, that's kind of just my philosophy in life. It's, like, if they talk nice to me, I'll talk back nice. Right. Despite our history, it's just, like, it's fine. It's whatever. Um, but I do note. I mean, in middle school, I more noticed that. Mm-hmm. Um, the whole GBF aspect. Uh, but kind of, I think, the more like the bigger problem is the whole idea that um they're i think the problem is more like guys not wanting to be friends with gay Mm. people i think it's kind of where the whole like friendship problem lies i think it's less with like that it's i don't know it's kind of confusing (laughs) but like i've never really had a problem with like people wanting because like there's an idea of like accessorizing gay people right there's a whole idea um so it's just I've never felt like an accessory because yeah. I've been I am pretty I think I'm pretty loyal of a friend so I've been friends with the people that I've been friends with for a pretty long time mm-hmm. um, and I don't really venture out that much into looking into new I mean I'm op- obviously open to new right. friendships and new relationships but I'm not like actively trying to go out and make a new best friend yeah. or like people aren't really pursuing to be friends with me just because I mean I um I don't really fuck with that many people at our school uh like in the sense that to be like a close friend with them right um excuse me (laughs) but uh yeah it's just i think that 
I don't really have a need to kind of be the GBF. Yeah. If that makes sense. Because I feel pretty solid with the, with the friends I have now. Right. So I'm not really, like, outward, like, giving uh, energy out that's saying, like, oh, I need a girlfriend to be right. the GBF, like, all that stuff. Right. Exactly. I think that's interesting, too, of, like, the relationships with guys and stuff. Right. Because do you, because I could totally see that, of especially with the, like, you know, the idea of guys having to be so masculine and, right. you know, that, that macho mentality and then them wanting to be like, oh, like, I don't, like, if I have a gay guy as a friend, like, people are going to think I'm gay right. or something like that. Like, do you, does that make it just, like, hard to find those, like, solid male friendships? Um, yeah, I don't have, I don't think I have one solid straight male friend. Yeah. Um, but I've, like, I always get that comment that's like, you're really chill for a gay guy. And, like, I'm just like... Thanks. I have, like, one really good I guy friend, that. but he's also gay, so, like, we kind of, like, but he's, like, way different gay than me. He's, like, yeah. hook up whenever he wants, right. like, go out there, confident. He's, like, kind of, I mean, in a way, he's everything I want to be as a gay right. person, um, but I know that's just not me, Yeah. and, like, that's not going to be me, uh, but, yeah, no, the whole, you're too, you're chill for a, for a gay guy sort of idea. It's kind of, like, that <laughs> the idea with that. I hate that so much. Right, yeah, exactly. I hate that so much. It's like, yeah, I I hate that mentality. I feel like people do that with race, they do that with gender, they do that with sexuality of like I because I've heard that yeah. too of like, oh you're like you're pretty cool for a girl. What the fuck does that mean? Yeah. Like what's that exactly. supposed to mean? And like I'm sure like any anyone of any like race would hear like, oh like you're pretty smart for a black guy or something. Like, what yeah. the fuck is that? Like Yeah, exactly. What? It's okay. like those little microaggressions. Yeah. You know? Where you're like, that's like just subtly like really shady. Yeah, like, exactly. Uh, that's like y- maybe you're trying to compliment me. Maybe that's supposed like am I supposed to be flattered that like you basically just like dissed everyone else in like my group? Like yeah. you basically just said like you're a cool girl, but all the other ones are bitches. Like, yeah, exactly. I'm like, what's the, what is I, what I am like, I supposed to take from that? Yeah, exactly. It's just, I mean, I have, I'm like pretty good when I, like in school, like talking, yeah. like straight guys interacting with me, but like outside of it, it's just like, no, yeah, not at just all. Just not going to happen. Um, but it's, I see, I definitely see a change in people that are older when it mm-hmm. comes to that idea. Uh, but again, it just kind of goes back to that whole masculinity thing, yeah. right? Um, but I have had a few people, and, like, for, I, for, like, the people that, the straight guys that I have been friends with, like, it's always been pretty good, um, but sometimes it's, like, it's just, like, annoying. Yeah. <laughs> right? And then that would with, piss me off. Right? And then, even with girls, too, it's kind of, like, with me, it's, I feel like a cock block half the yeah. time, you know? Because, like, it's like, oh, they want to go meet up with these guys, but they have to come drag me along. And I'm just, like, they're awkwardly. Like, while they're all trying to smash. And I'm just yeah. like, oh, okay. <laughs> <Hey>. <laughs> Hi, yeah, how's it so, going? That's such a, like, shitty position that for you to have to be in, though. Do you know what I mean? Because it's just, yeah. like, I feel like guys are, so, like, a lot of guys at this age in particular are just so afraid of like any perceived threats to their masculinity right where it's like oh like if someone sees me hanging out with a gay guy then they're gonna think that i'm not man enough or that i'm not that and it's like yeah that, exactly honestly like to me that just shows that you have less of a sense of self you know right, what i mean like exactly. it, it does the like, opposite if you are able to put yourself out in public with yeah. like a gay guy just as friends like i feel like if anything that proves that you're more secure in your sexuality as a straight man 100 percent. Right? so it's just it's just an interesting idea, I yeah. feel like. <laughs> no, and even to me, like, that's that's 
I mean, so much more attractive of like right. being confident in yourself and knowing like, yeah, like I'm straight and like, what's, what's the difference if I hang out with a gay guy? You know what right. I mean? Like me as a woman who's attracted to guys, I would find that way more attractive than right. some guy who's like, I can't, I can't be seen with a gay guy. Yeah, exactly. What? And like, honestly too, it's just like, I mean, I mean, it's just homophobic. No, exactly. <laughs> At the end right? of the day. It's like you're, you're scared to be with a gay guy, which right. is what homo is like being scared of homosexuality. Right. Because of how you will be perceived by the public. Right. And I'm like, it's really like, I, I am actually a gay guy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, I've experienced what you think you're going to experience 10 times worse. Yeah. And I am surviving and I'm doing fine. Yeah. You're like, this is the life I live every, every yeah. single day. <laughs> like, come yeah. on. That's just, yeah, that just pisses me off, man. And I think, I think this age too has got to be just so, so annoying. Because like, yeah, I think I think like you get to twenty somethings, and right. you know maybe it gets a little better because people grow and learn. But like, that's not fair to you for you to have to go through this time period and yeah. be like, oh, guys don't want to be seen with me in public. And, yeah, you know. But also too, I think that with, I mean, I kind of under, I under have an understanding sort of right. for it, um, just because like, it's. It's, I know, I understand that for men, it's hard to, like, <laughs> put away their masculinity, you right. know? Um, and that's kind of, like, what I've learned through this whole process mm-hmm. is kind of understanding that whole straight man point of view and um, kind of their whole ideas and the base, like, what their kind of, I guess, you could say homophobia, I don't mm-hmm. know, whatever you call want to call it. Um, but kind of the basis is almost just built off of these myths and ideas that they have of what gay people are um and i found that through like just being through myself being myself over the past years and kind of proving who i am right i've shown them kind of a different idea or a different picture of what gay can mean right now um and i kind of i mean it shouldn't necessarily be my mission to prove that to them but i think that it's important almost yeah um not not just for me but for them as well yeah like that no that's so true like i took a over the summer i took a class at west valley it was like sociology of human sexuality and it was like the coolest class i've ever taken and uh, they were we were like reading a study one time about how like the biggest thing that made a difference in like the 80s was in terms of changing like homophobia was like people saying that they knew someone who was gay right you know what i mean because it just it changes all those like myths and you know preconceived ideas of what it means right i think that discrimination and like ostracizing people is just comes from ignorance yeah and not knowing the whole story or the whole idea of what something is yeah and it is it is that fear of what it possibly could be but what but the idea of what it possibly could be is always the worst outcome exactly it's like worst case scenario yeah i think and even too it's just that whole with the 80s and stuff i think part of that had to do with probably the hiv and aids and stuff like that and like that also too just brought a huge almost i mean it brought if anything to more homophobia Mm -hmm. um the idea that gay people are dirty and stuff like that because back then that's all it was associated with was with gay sex that's the only idea they had right and they had no idea that what it was transferred through anything like that yep and that kind of built this whole stigmatism that like gay men are dirty that just want to have sex they just want to hook up with whatever they want to do and like all this stuff but like recently with like other discovered uh ideas and stuff like that i think it's definitely changed yeah but also too that has also the whole hiv and aids epidemic has brought a lot more people forward and being an ally i feel like Mm -hmm. because if someone you love or that you know is 
uh, part of the LGBTQ community and has AIDS or HIV, mm-hmm. a life-threatening disease, you're obviously going to talk about it, be there to support, or more likely to be there to support right. them for it, right? Right. Because their life is cut shorter for that reason. Right. And I think that kind of is cut, ha- has a big like play into it overall yeah for sure i think yeah i think there's so many things too where it's like like you said like things are just so based in ignorance and people's fears of like what could happen and what you know and it's exactly true of like them picturing the absolute worst case of like oh i go and touch a gay person and now i have aids yeah or you know what i mean now i'm gay exactly right and it's like (laughs) i'm reading diary of a wimpy kid with the kid i babysit so that just made me think of the cheese touch yeah literally the cheese touch no it's not and it's like okay yeah i think education again is the way like just knowing people and putting yourself out there and trying new experiences because you know if you live in your little bubble of people and things that you're familiar with you're Mm -hmm. never gonna yeah. get over that ignorance right and i honestly like i'm a firm believer that knowledge is definitely the key to peace yeah because like just understanding you know it doesn't even, doesn't even have to be agreement it's exactly like, understanding that there are differences but understanding that it's not those differences are not always negative being different isn't yeah. always negative exactly you know? Yeah, I think that's, like, the biggest the biggest thing that, like, the world could even take away right now. Because right. everything is so polarizing. And, like, right. we, like, we don't even have conversations about things that used to just be, like, openly talked about. And, you know, some things, too, like like LGBTQ issues where it's, like, we just don't even... It's not like we ever talked about them right. in the past. Right, it's like marriage is legalized, we're over it. Right, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> we we checked the box, we made the accomplishment, it's done. It's, yeah. like, it's like people being like, oh, racism doesn't exist anymore because, yeah. like black people have equal rights or whatever and you're like okay that's not that's, that's, that's not what it means <laughs> yeah okay like that's the, we still have a really long way to go yeah. and i think the second people start dismissing issues like that of like problem solved yeah it's like that's when we get in a right. shady territory too. And i think too part of that is just even discussing politics as well yeah. just the biggest problem is no one wants to listen yes and i think that's a huge thing it's always we want this, we want this, we want this, we want to right. take from you, we want to take from this party, we want to take from that party. Mm-hmm. And I think it's just, I mean, definitely the president hasn't helped with that. Right. Um, and despite beliefs on Trump, whatever, I don't care, bottom yeah. line, he's an idiot. Yeah. <laughs> whatever. <laughs> um, but it's just kind of seeing this divide kind of growing further and further apart yeah just because no one's willing to give anything yeah you know and i think that's just a huge problem is that you need to in order to find a middle ground you need to give up something right right and it's yeah and that's it's so true and i think that's honestly one of my one of my the least my things that i hate the most about being classified as a liberal right is that it makes people not want to talk to me because they feel like i'm gonna attack them right like i'm gonna be like that's not politically correct or that's not da 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 and honestly, like, I, I just want to have conversations with people. Like, yeah, that's exactly. why I have a fucking podcast. Like, yeah. I like talking to people and I like hearing what they have to say. And there's so many things where, like, maybe I do fall on a more conservative side and maybe I am more right. for, like, exactly. I'm in And that's gov, the thing with know? politics. Like, it's so hard to be strictly one side. Exactly. And so, like, I want to have conversations and I want to hear people's opinions and, like, yeah, like, yes, there are some things right. that are my values and that aren't going to change. And, like, yes, yeah. I'm going to advocate for the things that I believe in but like i want to hear why you think what you think and right and i think it's even like the whole idea of conservative and liberal it's like automatically we have forgotten about every single other thing that falls in between and it's like even if you're like republican or if you're democratic you're liberal like you're classified as right if you're a republican you're classified as conservative and like that's not the case democrat and republican are extremely similar they're in the Mm -hmm. middle of the spectrum for a reason and now it's like it's just 
polarized because people yeah. are categorizing them into something more extreme. Right. And that's just not the case, like at all. Yeah, and it's so it's so interesting because that's our like our unit right now in Gov is like political socialization, and we're talking about like how you came to have the beliefs that you do and yeah. what factors influence that and why we aren't having these conversations. Like we used to talk really openly about politics, and nowadays, like even even me saying on here I'm a liberal, I feel like people. Attack would you. hear that and be yeah. like already like discredit this bitch like yeah. i don't want to listen to her if you know if you fall on the conservative side and i have nothing against people who are on the conservative side you know Me like neither, i have yeah. some i have a thing against people who are hateful and i right. think um, and i don't i think people on the conservative there are people extremists on the conservative side who are hateful i right. think there are extremists on the liberal side who are hateful right i'm against right. that you know what i mean mm-hmm. and it's like these associations of like one being the bad side like i'm right in no way would i ever be like oh liberals are the good ones and conservatives are the bad ones yeah like, exactly. no like it's just like respecting people in their own space exactly you know? my dad he's a trump supporter mm-hmm. i mean don't, i don't agree with it right <laughs> and there are arguments like that in our household right politics but also too it's just like at some point there has to be uh, a place where you're just like you're just like you know what there's not much i can do at this point right so i might as well just like Try to build like an air, build a space where it's at least safe to talk about my yes. own beliefs, mm-hmm. and I think kind of just like making it safe and not a place where you attack someone for their beliefs, because right. that's where kind of that whole defensive sort of mechanism comes mm-hmm. up, right? And it's automatically attack back. They're being mean to me first. Yeah, exactly. And, yeah, yeah. So much of it is like, yeah, I feel like I'm being attacked, so now I have to be really aggressive back, and it's like right, exactly. If we could all just, if we could all just have nice little, I know, have a, a giant big group hug, like. exactly. Or <laughs> yeah. I'll just like, look, man, I, I see who you are, I recognize you for who you are, and like I might I not agree that, yeah. exactly. I, I have respect for you and what you believe, and I might not agree with that, but that doesn't mean I think less of you or you know whatever. Right. Yeah, I think that's so important. Unless you're just like, I hate black people, then we might no, have a exactly, problem. No, <laughs> exactly, exactly. It's like once you get to like hateful things, it's like, okay, that's yeah. I I don't share moral values with you, and yeah, exactly. If you're gonna have anything where there's like hatred involved, like I I don't want to yeah. talk to you. <laughs> yeah, you can just disagree and move on to. Yeah, exactly. And I'm like, okay, now I know that like you don't need to be a part of my life. If yeah, you, exactly. If that's how you feel. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So I yeah I just think conversations about everything like that's right. even with this podcast i'm like that's just all i want to do is like yeah. we just need to have conversations about stuff because we just right. don't everything nowadays is like you know politics gender identity everything mental health all this stuff you're like gotta right. keep it to myself can't let and anyone see especially like especially in los gatos and kind of yeah. what this podcast is doing is kind of just like make it like broadening that bubble yeah right i mean it's still like a bubble either way right but exactly it's just, you're now you're just kind of letting stuff in slowly you know kind of building more yeah. of a sympathetic idea with other people that are in in Los Gatos. Thank you. Yeah, that's yeah. what I hope. You know, it's just at the end of the day, it's like we all just could have so much more empathy for one another and just like being able to hear other people's stories and be like, right. oh, damn, you struggle with a lot that I didn't know about. You yeah, know? and also to realizing that we are a lot more the same than we are different. 100%. You know? 100%. Well, so speaking of struggles, <laughs> let's dive right into some of yours too. Uh, I'm... I can, I can say that I'm so excited. <laughs> I am so excited, too. <laughs> All right. Yeah, so we'll just start with, so, like, mental health arena. Right. So we talked a little bit about that before, but so what's kind of been your experience in the mental health world? So I, my whole entire life, I've grown up with 
two parents who have had depression. Mm-hmm. And I think that kind of played into my mental health in the future. Right. Um, and it's it's a big it's a big struggle every day having two depressed parents mm-hmm. because it's just seeing someone who is supposed to be there to support you and to lift you up being in such a low place. Right. And like coming home to see your mom asleep most of the time uh, during the weekend, sleeping for hours, and then seeing her having to drink, like, alcohol to go to sleep. And then, um, but, yeah, I think specifically with my mom is kind of where a lot of the struggle has been for Mm -hmm. myself personally, and a lot of, where a lot of my sort of, uh, depression anxiety came from, but there's also another aspect, which I'll get to later. Mm -hmm. Um, but... Right now, like, I've, with my mom, my mom's had severe depression for a majority of her entire life. Yeah. Um, and she, she is literally the most amazing woman I've ever met. She is, like, she was named one of the top 50 most powerful women in technology. And she is, like, yeah, exactly. And she is just, like, so cool, like, hyper feminine, like, super feminist, Mm -hmm. like, Literally everything that I want to be if I was a woman. Yeah. <laughs> um, but with that, she is also like an extremely insecure person. Yeah. And I've heard things from her. I've overheard conversations of her telling to my dad that every day she wants to kill herself. Mm-hmm. And that the only reason why she doesn't is because of her sons, like me and my yeah. brothers. Um, and hearing that as a child is not easy. Yeah. <laughs> and it definitely sticks with you. Right. And like hearing your mom sob at night and because of the pain she's in is never a good thing either right um so she has uh had like several knee surgeries and then she had back surgery because she was living with a broken back for two years and she didn't know and kind of after that it just kind of like all went downhill like something didn't go right with the surgery and then so she's just in excruciating pain all the time and like she can barely walk barely stand she can barely sleep because of it, which is probably, which is part of the reason why she, like, drinks before she goes right. to go to bed. Right, Um, But it's just, it's it's hard because someone whose life was doing things for their family and being there for their family and kind of now they're literally crippled and can't yeah. do those same things. And it's just, it's hard to see because I can tell the want and desire she has to be there, to support yeah. us, to be able to go out and do things with their family, just something simple as, like, walking downtown Santa Cruz, like, walking literally 300 feet is a struggle, yeah. you know? Yeah, So it's just, it's hard, and she's extremely insecure about it, too. Um, and then that kind of just, like, in my head, well, growing up, um, it wasn't their fault. It was literally right. just, th- that's what I want to, like, make clear. Nothing, yeah. Nothing was their fault at all. Like, no, not at all. Uh, but it kind of, it gave me this idea the sort of obligation to always be there, to mm-hmm. always try to fix something, to always try to come in and save, save whatever was happening. Yeah. Um, and I mean, it's not fair as a child to feel that way. Right. And even too with my dad, he he has depression as well. But um, in our family, it kind of becomes with between my parents a battle of who has it worse. Yeah. You know, which is not a good thing to ever have. Right. Um, and then it's hard to see my dad struggle because. He so desperately, I think, wants to be heard and yeah. wants to be understood, but he feels like he can't because he needs to be there for my mom, you yeah. know? And he also, too, told me recently that, like, he, 
most of it he doesn't remember most of his childhood because he was um he recently discovered like through some sort of therapy mm-hmm. thing where like triggers memory or whatever um that he was like molested his majority of his life wow. by his um or his early life by his older sister's boyfriend wow. and he like basically just like conjured up all these false stories that like took place of his childhood um that never really actually happened and that kind of built this whole new struggle of him just being super close and internalizing everything yeah. um so but the thing is too i notice everything like yeah. that is Something I love about myself, but it's something that I also dislike about myself. Mm-hmm. Um, just kind of noticing details because I automatically feel obligated to fix anything. Yeah. And that kind of goes into my next, I think, aspect of my mental health and mm-hmm. stuff like that. So most of middle school, I had friends who were depressed, suicidal, self-harming. I feel like more people, a lot of people can... Uh, agree or relate to that right. sort of thing um whether you were helping someone or self-harming yourself um but for me doing that uh in middle school kind of being that person that was literally safe like I had two to three friends that were severely depressed and like, self-harming all that stuff mm-hmm. and I was the one that was always there to help. Yeah. I was always the one that was there to try to stop them. And it just, it, it drained me so much. Yeah. And then that is kind of also too what I think triggered my depression and anxiety is the whole idea of if only I could do something more or there's not enough I can do kind of, and then just like bashing myself for not being yeah. able to do enough. And then that anxiety too of if I don't do enough, the things that could happen. Right. Right. And so that kind of has carried over into my life now. Um, And it's, like, caused me to be more closed off as a person, I feel like. I feel like I kind of have this bubble around myself, uh, just specifically at school Mm -hmm. and with meeting new people. Um, And there are those people, like you, for example, who I feel Mm -hmm. completely comfortable talking with. But there's... Also, to a lot of people that I don't yeah. feel like talking with, and it's very baseline, like border, like conversation, like pretty basic. Like yeah. I'm not going to talk deep with you. I'm not going to tell you my life story. Right. I'm not going to keep you... the surface level. Right. Exactly. And um, but I think it's always important to like when you do find those people that you can have those conversations with mm-hmm. to keep them close. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it's definitely something I struggle with because it what happens. Um, it's almost periodically for me. It's kind of mm-hmm. funny. I mean, it's not really that funny, but <laughs> no. But I know, I know what you mean. I'm we all do that. We all do that too. Of like, yeah, it's fine, but then yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but I just like it turns into just I don't really express my own emotions because yeah. I put other people before myself, mm-hmm. and it just builds up. And about every three months or so, it kind of just all comes out, and it's like yeah. a mental breakdown sort of moment. Um, but I've had like those, like those in those breakdown moments, I've had uh, my worst one was like I like blacked out for. 15 minutes and then I like came back to reality with just like cuts all over my arm everywhere and it was just it was that was definitely my lowest point because like it was just so much during that time yeah um but I've also like be I'm in therapy now obviously (laughs) but uh I've kind of I'm trying to now try to find a way where I can express those emotions without feeling like 
I'm doing the same thing that happened to me in middle school. You mm. know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like because I was that person that was helping yeah. and get, taking in everyone else's emotions, everyone else's problems, that the damage that it did to me, I never want to put on someone else. Yeah. So it just, like, has me, like, put up this wall almost. And it creates um, not pretty... I mean, I don't really create that many relationships because of it. Yeah. Um, and it, like, causes me to be closed off. I, like... I literally can't cry over anything sad. Like, I'll cry over a cute dog video. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, like, anything sad, I'm just like, yeah. no, no. Nope. I'm just going to internalize this, and then mm-hmm. hopefully I'll break down in a month. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but, yeah, no, it's definitely... It, it's it's really hard not feeling like you're good enough. Yeah. Which is kind of, I think, the overall theme of my own depression and, like, my own anxiety and stuff like that. Um but also, too, with someone like myself who has mental health and anxiety, I think, kind of changing the topic here, but um, a big problem almost is sort of, I feel like now everyone has anxiety and depression, right. even when they don't necessarily do, if yeah. that makes sense. Yeah. Um, and I think that if, I mean... I'm obviously if you do I'm not like trying to bash or anything like that but I definitely have seen like I've gotten like this is I've gotten texts from friends that have been like um like recently like maybe last year Mm -hmm. I was like what's the best way to cut yourself and I'm like are you are you okay Mm -hmm. like you are going like you know like you know what I've been through you've known like you, you are a close friend like was a close friend yeah but um of mine and you have the audacity to literally text me and ask me how to self-harm you like what type of person like that doesn't really like tell me that you like i don't know i kind of have a problem with people that have mental health problems that don't really want to do anything to try and solve them right you know mm-hmm. and it's always i get to that sometimes it's not in their control mm-hmm. but at some point too the there has to be, you have to be willing to change something within yourself in or if you want to see progress. Yeah. And I think that people that just, like, kind of stay in a place and try to just, like, asking questions like that, almost wanting to make it worse for right, themselves. Right. To, like, be more dramatic, like, to, to like, do more and, like, to, like, almost prove yeah. something. Um, I think it's just, like, it's, one, like, extremely offensive. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, two, it's just... It, why would you want that for yourself? Right. You know? Um, and even, too, in media and in culture today, yeah. it's, like, it's so casual to say I want to kill myself, you right. know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, like, even I do that, and, like, I I mean, I haven't... I've had suicidal thoughts before, but mm-hmm. it's never been extremely bad. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but even with that, it kind of lessens what depression and anxiety is. Right. Yeah. Know? It's, like, almost a... Like trendy thing now, right. kind of to be able to say that, and Whole I think e boy, e girl, yeah. like all that stuff. Yeah, and I think it ends up at the end of the day like hurting the people who are actually suffering the most because right. it like invalidates their pain almost to just be yeah. like, yeah, I'm really depressed and I want to die and da 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 da, and you're like, right, okay, so for the people who are genuinely like feeling that or you're you know right. experiencing that, it's like you're just kind of you're you're giving the idea like i think a lot of people think of like depression and mental health stuff as like attention seeking too and it's like that's kind of why it gets that rap yeah you know what i mean and it's like it's that thing too of like 
when we do start talking about an issue, because we know, like, mental health has not been a talked about issue until, like, really recently. Right. And I think it's, like, and, kind of our generation where it's, yeah, like, brought up a lot more. Where we're finally talking about it, and which is awesome yeah. and great. But the problem is, is you have to be really careful that the pendulum doesn't swing too far, right? So right. it doesn't become the point where, you know, we're talking about it so much and to the point where it's people... It's a trend. Yeah, exactly. And people are talking about it in a way that's not... That's not serious and that's, that's you know, diminishing what people who are really suffering are going through right. and, and are just like, you know, using it as kind of an attention grabber or as just like, yeah, I want to fit in so I have anxiety and depression. Yeah, definitely. You know? And I think that too, it's kind of created this culture of people almost wanting to be stuck in their depression and yeah. anxiety. And like, I mean, I've been there too where I just like sit there and like sulk with it and just like kind of intensify like oh i'm just gonna be like so sad like yeah. i'm just gonna go all out sadness like i'm gonna have a like just be so emo right now like whatever mm-hmm. but with that too it's not it's not you're just staying in one place you're not yeah. making any sort of progress you're not doing anything and it's just gonna get worse and worse if you just stay in that one mm-hmm. place and i think with since it is a trend people want to be there you yeah know? and it's like it's just it's, it's just annoying to see people want to come off as depressed yeah. or anxious and i think a common two misconception is that therapy fixes it you know right it's like go to therapy for it's like a month cure. and then like i'll come out fine and mm. then people don't understand too that like it is literally like a chemical reaction in your brain right like it is biological it can like it can be diagnosed through a dna test mm-hmm. like and a lot of people don't understand that like they think it's either just how you feel right and people need to understand that depression isn't a feeling mm-hmm. it's more of it's more of just i don't even it's literally a disease yeah like it is a state of being sort of thing and, and not just like this is how i feel at right. the moment because i feel sad or right. something and like even myself i've done the medication route and yeah. stuff like that and i hated it mm-hmm. medication was literally the worst for me um it made me just feel like a zombie yeah. more disconnected from everyone else and like for me, like, I live for, like, the reason why I, I like, my life is being connected with other people. Yeah. You know? Knowing other people, having, building those relationships, building good relationships. And then I was in a place where I just, I felt like I was tearing all the relationships I had down. Yeah. Because I just was not there, like, at all. Like, yeah. it, I mean, it's, like, stopped my depression in a way, but it just made me feel numb, if yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, totally, totally. But it also, like, it stopped my depression, but it also stopped my happiness. Right. And so it's, like, is that this, like, no one wants to have to make that sacrifice for it. Right. And I think, too, with people, like, striving for it, like, I think there's a difference between, you know, like, when you are, you know, if you are someone who's genuinely depressed or anxious or something and and letting yourself like be in your feelings for a little bit and letting yourself feel those things i think right. there's a difference between that and like striving for it almost right. and, and changing your whole entire life around it, yeah you know? and like trying to be in that like i think we just have romanticized it so much where it's like oh mm-hmm. like i would love to be yeah too, like yeah. i would love to be like depressed and sulky and all this stuff and so like someone can take care of me right, right? and anyone who's actually been there would be like do not you do not fucking want this yeah exactly you do not want this and even too it's like i people also too with depression and anxiety do do not want other people to know they do not want i don't think they want other people to be involved with their own problems and whether that's based off of insecurity or just based off of not of just like own experience of how you feel right it's just i don't want to i want to be a people pleaser is oftentimes the basis of it um and so with that, you, I think with people who actually have that, they, they either like 
one just like joke about it play it off yeah. right which is i think part of the problem or they just don't talk about it at all yeah yeah and i think oftentimes too is come to a place where it's like relating is becoming more of just being able to like it's not even like in like a negative way like if on social media if someone were to post be like uh like i want to kill myself like jokingly it's always like the comments are like same 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 me too (laughs) mood yeah and then it's like it creates this space where like everyone's just stuck in one place like yeah we i think that what we need to see a change in is like a change in that whole like same idea right like relating trying to be relate relatable and changing it more into change those same comments into are you okay you know or is there anything i can do to help or with things of like inspiration bringing Mm -hmm. people up getting them out of their mood and i mean it feels nice to know that people do feel the same way as you but at the same time, it's it also feels nice to know that there are people out there who want to see you be better. Yeah, and I think I think there is such a difference too in be in saying you know something that seems pretty disingenuous, where you're like, yeah, same, been there or whatever, versus yeah. like even like like hey girl, like I've experienced stuff similar to this, and like I know like yeah. I've I've been in a place like that too, and I know how much it sucks, and I'm really sorry you're going through that, and here's what's helped me, or right. ma- you know like maybe giving like, some. Advice, or you know, just something where it's not just like such a throwaway comment of like, right. yeah, same, been there. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. Right? It's like, it like just discards what actually that person is yeah. feeling. Yeah. Right? It's like, oh, I feel the same way. Yeah. It's nothing big. It's right. kind of what it turns into. Right, exactly. And it's, yeah, it's that whole thing of saying same or, yeah, that's been me before where it's almost. It's almost invalidating someone else's where it's like yeah, you, exactly. you, you might be coming from a really good place of trying to show someone that, you know, you've shared an experience with them and that you have empathy. But what actually ends up happening is you're kind of saying, yeah, like that's happened to me, too. So you're the fact that you're feeling it doesn't matter. Yeah, exactly. And that's the harmful part, because we I think the whole point of empathy is showing people that, like, yeah, it does matter. And like, yeah, mm-hmm. I've been in that situation of hurt and I know what it feels like and I. I want to help you not be in that place. So right. I can I can feel that pain, you know? Right. And and that is not that shouldn't be something where it's like, no, that doesn't matter because I've right. felt it too. And I think kind of those the difference between like the whole same comment and like something you just said mm-hmm. is like people with I feel like with the same comments it's almost like the people feel unseen. You yeah. Know? Because and if you go out and or go out to make an effort in order to have a conversation with that person to mm-hmm. try and understand to listen to them. Just listening is enough for a lot of people. Yeah, you know. Yeah. And oftentimes those whole like I want to kill myself posts like on second accounts and stuff like that. Are, yeah. Like I've been there and literally all I ever want is just someone to just text me and be like, hey, what's up? Like, yeah. I want someone to. I don't, I don't want a same comment. And then nothing mm-hmm. afterwards. Yeah, exactly. Like you're like <laughs> if you've really been in the same place you would know how much you want someone to reach out about it. You know right. what I mean? And, like, I mean, that's also, I mean, it's kind of sad that, I mean, I feel like it should be, I I should be able to go out and seek that sort of help myself. Right. Um, but it's also just hard for me to yeah. do that. Yeah. And, I mean, it's easy. And that's kind of, like, sort of a way where, <laughs> like, me posting about it sort of way to me kind of, like, like, oh, like. Yeah please it's like, like a little me. Like, yeah it's that it's that whole like cry for help idea that i yeah. think people have 
it, and that phrase to me can go really both ways where they, yeah, there's exactly. a part of me that hears that phrase and it's like just shut the fuck up because right, it, exactly. it seems very attention seeking yeah but at the other at the uh, you know on the other end of it it's like yeah you are you are because i think people feel a lot of shame and guilt in asking for help right yeah, and exactly. so it's it is that kind of way of trying to subtly be like please somebody reach out yeah. and help me you it's know? like i don't want to admit to you that i have a problem right because it's so much easier to just just say you know throw out an offhand offhand comment there than to be like I'm really struggling. Please help me. Because I think there's always that fear, too, of the rejection there or yeah. people not not stepping up to the plate there of being like, yeah, yeah I'd rather step back. You know, yeah, like that's exactly. too serious for me to deal with or that's too whatever. And I think I think for you in particular, too, it's like being in that position of having been the helper, having been right. the person who steps up. It's like I think there's always that guilt of, like you said, like you don't want to put someone else right. in that situation, which just is so hard because it just makes it harder for you to yeah exactly. to share and it's not it's not fair to you for right. you to feel like that also too it's like i don't think anyone should ever feel obligated to help someone right, right? like if it's you have to like me as a person i respect the fact that there are friends that i cannot go to because it is too much you right know? And i think kind of so a lot of people do have to understand that that mm-hmm. It's not because they don't want to be there to support you. It's not anything of that. It's just simply because it is too much for them to handle. Right. And you need to, yeah, you need to be aware of where people are at because you don't, yeah, you need to know which, which friends it's going to overwhelm and which friends it's going to place that kind of burden on. And and I remember reading this thing too, a while back um, of like share, it's this idea of like, and I'm totally going to butcher this, but it's this (laughs) idea of like sharing outside of your circle. So there was... Um, we were talking about, I, I remember I was talking about this in reality check a long time ago, and we were talking about um, like platitudes and, mm-hmm. and, you know, those, those common phrases that you say, like, everything's going to be okay. Or like, right. you'll get through this or da da da. And it's like, those phrases don't help. They yeah, don't. No. They're dismissive <laughs> and they need to fucking go away because they're not. Right. Or it's like, like uh, it's like almost you're flipping through a how to help someone yeah, with depression book. Exactly. Kind of like the first option that you choose. Exactly. <laughs> and like in the context of this too, I think we were talking about. Um, like losing someone so like a a person dying and basically being like they're in a better place now or something like this where it's like like you're trying to help you know that there's good intentions behind that but you're just making it fucking worse and it's invalidating how i feel exactly and it's this whole thing of like trying to make sure that when you share your pain you're sharing outside of the circle so it's like the innermost circle are the people most affected by it right Right. so it's like you know obviously like say someone gets cancer or something the first inner circle is going to be that person who has the cancer and then the second outer circle would be like their you know their mom their dad their brothers and sisters or you know their kids whatever it is and then the third most circle would maybe be extended family friends that kind of thing and you go out and out in terms of how close of a connection you have with that person and the whole thing is you don't want to share the pain that you're feeling related to that to someone who's in a closer circle so like if you're an acquaintance you shouldn't be coming to that person's sister and being like this is really hard for me to yeah. watch them have cancer. Because they're like, dude, fuck, I'm their sister. Like, right, shut, yeah, you know? exactly. But you, you still have a right to feel that pain. Just go outside. Go right. to someone who's less connected. Because then otherwise you're just harming the people who are really close to it, you know? And it's, right, it's even yeah. like if you are that person's sister, you don't want to go to the person with cancer and be like, this is been really hard for me right exactly because they're like dude fuck i have cancer (laughs) you know what i mean it's that whole thing of like you have to be really aware of the people that you are sharing with and that you are leaning on and making sure that you're 
that you're not doing more harm. You know right. what I mean? Because yeah. because then at the end of the day, nobody wins, right? Yeah. You're just creating this. You're adding on to the pain, and I don't think anyone wants to do that. It's right. Yeah. I think when that does happen, too, it's obviously not. It, no one is intending to be like, oh, I want to inflict more pain. But I think it's just kind of that idea of like you just really need to be aware of what you're saying and how you're acting and how how it can affect people. Right. Exactly. And kind of understanding that there's there's I mean. You obviously have a right to feel however you want to right. be, right? But you kind of, this is like, just like with me, I noticed everything I mentioned that earlier, right. and it's just like, kind of just, it's the smaller things that kind of paint the picture, mm-hmm. I think, and give you a better idea of how someone is feeling. And I think, like, for example, if um, someone in the inner, like, I guess you could say that inner circle, mm-hmm. right, is obviously a lot more upset obviously don't go fucking tell them that it's affecting you a lot, yeah. right? Or, is, like, even, too, like, another example of it is, like, if you see someone that obviously just, like, is getting uncomfortable, like, you can, it's pretty easy to tell when someone's getting uncomfortable, yeah. and then it's just, like, understanding, like, oh, okay, I should probably take a few steps back, you right. know? Right, And just, like, understanding people and, yeah. like, human nature and kind of how, how it's, Every, every how everyone reacts is going to be different right and kind of t- you have to some oftentimes you have to tailor the what you say and the things that you do to each person and some people describe that as being fake or being right two-faced, and right I'm, like, I'm just trying to respect their boundaries that's so true that's so true my my therapist always says unconditional love cannot exist without boundaries yeah and for the longest time too i was like what the fuck does that mean <laughs> how does that make any sense but it is so true like you like everyone has boundaries and the only way you can have a healthy relationship with someone is when you set those boundaries and when the other person respects them because right. and like, also it's also a lot with the person who sets up their own boundaries like yeah. having the confidence to do that exactly and having and being powerful enough to be like no this is mm-hmm. this is where like i'm going to draw the line exactly like this is the do not cross zone yeah and and then I think, especially, like, that is so empowering, too, to be able to say, look, this is where I stand right. in this. And, and if you, you know, cross this line, that will hurt me. Right. And, and I think then you know if you've expressed that to that person and they cross the line. So then you're like, all right, then I, now I know that you are not a valuable asset of my life because right. you clearly don't respect the boundaries that I've right. And it's not even, like, if they cross the boundary, like, one time. Like, obviously, like, right. people are going to do it from time to time. But if knowing if you know that that is my boundary yeah. and you're constantly trying to push it like yeah i it, it, i mean it's not gonna be good for you right exactly <laughs> i'm gonna cut you out of my fucking life yeah exactly <laughs> yeah it's yeah it's just that whole thing of being able to recognize how people are feeling and and i think that's so true too of of the being very observant being both a blessing and a curse yeah because it's like yeah you do see and take in all these things that can't because i i think the world is so full of amazing amazing things and awful awful things you know and it's and it's a matter of yeah like you you do recognize those great things but then you also have to see the bad things too yeah and it's a matter of like how is that going to affect you and what do you filter in and what do you let you know and like kind of i mean just a byproduct of that is like being overly um like empathetic or sympathetic and just kind of just taking in everyone else's emotions around you mm-hmm. like it's just i mean that is kind of just a problem in itself like if i'm with my friend who is sad like 
I'm going to be sad too. Right. 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 Um, but I mean, either way, I'm going to try to do everything I can to help, but I'm just suppressing that sadness that I'm feeling yeah. in that moment. Yeah. Um, but it's kind of realizing also that it is um, a bigger problem than just yourself. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think that's so hard too of like, because it's exactly what you said too. Like once you see, once you see that pain and of course you being observant, you're going to see it. Right. And then it's like that, that inclination of like, I can't just not do anything about this. Right. Exactly. I have to help. And that's, it puts so much on you, mm-hmm. you know, that like isn't, and, and I feel that same way too sometimes of like, once I know something is wrong or someone's suffering or something, like I feel that need to have to help and I can't I I don't feel like I can turn a blind eye to that and just like look the other way and uh, you know it's a great character trait but at the same time it's really hard to be that person and it puts so much on you right from like an outsider perspective like it's I mean I say it's the the, literally my best trait right right but also too I know internally that does the most damage yeah and And, and it's just like it's kind of also too part of that is kind of under it's trying to figure out how to draw that line between their feelings and my own. Yeah. Because it's at the end of the day, you don't want to take pieces of yourself to right, help feel, fix right. these other people. And it's like, it, it, it's an extremely blurred line. And it's extremely hard, I think, for like this, our minds in general to yeah. kind of draw that line between what is someone else's problem and what is our problem and mm-hmm. kind of just trying to figure out a way how we can help without feeling obligated or... Um, feeling a burden of any sorts yeah. with doing so. Yeah. And I think that's a struggle for a lot of people as well. Yeah. Because as soon as you start to, like, you know, drain yourself and, and take things out to try to fill these other people, it's right. like, yeah, at the end of the day... Like, You're the you one that ends to... up drained. Exactly. And, like, you have to... I think it's so hard, too, for us to, to put ourselves first in those situations and be like, look, for my own well-being and mental health and everything yeah. right now, I need to, you know... I need to take a step back. And that's really hard to say, especially when that, you know, when your personality is to want to help and Mm -hmm. it's, it's learning to have that self-respect to be able to say, I can't do this. Right. And also to, again, back to boundaries, like setting up those boundaries for yourself to be like, I need to, like, I know that right now this is probably not the best thing for me to handle. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Dude, I love this. We just got into a full and like philosophical conversation know, and stuff too. I fucking love this. <laughs> um, and then, yeah, do you think there's anything that like, if you had to, you know, leave people with a final message or, you know, some advice either to younger you or, you know, someone listening who's going through similar stuff yeah. or someone younger, what do you think it would be? Um, I think that the big message I want to say is that um, seeing in progress in mental health and getting better starts with yourself. Yeah. And you have to understand that you need it. You cannot fix the things around you hoping it's going to fix you. Yeah. Mm. And it starts with like, again, it's probably a good, going to be a good segue. It's gonna be <laughs> topic. Um, kind of finding those ways to show yourself that you love yourself yeah and to prove to yourself that you can make progress because it's again if if you if you like if the reason why you think you're depressed is because your parents are mean which like i've heard many times like so many times before it there's and your parents have reasonable rules and you're saying oh they're so strict they're all this i mean it's it's 
you 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 don't have control over right. that. Right. It's out of your hands. So you need to find the best possible way to make it better for you with what you have. Right. And it's not always going to be the easiest answer. And it's going to be... It, it, it's hard, but it is... I think the, the harder struggles always have the better outcome. Yeah. Because it's kind of knowing that you put in that work, you put in that effort... Um, you put in a lot of work, you put in a lot of effort, yeah. right? And seeing an outcome af- the harder you work and seeing an outcome you enjoy is always a lot more satisfying for when right. it's you're doing less or you're doing, you know? And I yeah. think that is the biggest thing I'm starting to learn is kind of that change in how I think, how I feel starts with myself. Yeah. And how I perceive the world around me. Yeah. Because it, it, it's like you said, too, like it completely affects how you how you view other people, right. how you view all the things happening. Because it's it's you you don't have control over everything around you. Right. right. Like I think so many of us would love to have control and like right. seek control. But you, at the end of the day, like you just don't. That's yeah. that's just like a fact of life. And, and there are those. And also, too, there are those hard truths that you're going to have to face. Yeah. And exactly. Th- that, like those are the like that is the scariest part. Like sometimes you have to sit down to your, with yourself and think. You know, sometimes there is some, there is something that I am doing wrong. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and there's something I have to change. Yeah. Exactly. And I think, I mean, it, it, it's that is like kind of I think the hardest step is kind of admitting to yourself the thing or admitting to yourself that you're the only person that can change you. Yeah. And. I, I mean, I think that's kind of just the thing I'm slowly starting to realize and that I've been making progress with for a while. But I mean, it's hard. It's a long process. Right. But I'm, I've been working working on it for like the past like two years and mm-hmm. I'm, I'm slowly starting to see the reward now. Yeah. Um, just with understanding that, I mean, it, I'm, I feel less obligated to prove something to people that I don't need to prove anything to. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think uh, that is, I mean, it's a huge weight lifted off your shoulder because if you live your life trying to be your best self to people mm-hmm. that you don't really know, it, it is draining, you know? Totally. And if that sacrifices, and if doing that sacrifices how you truly feel and kind of suppresses what's right in front of your face, that is where you start to see sort of that tension build up and it. it it makes it more difficult to break that habit, if yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, completely. And I think so many of us try to live our lives where we're pleasing others all the time, right. you know, and we're looking to to show everybody, like prove all these things to people. And I find myself doing this, especially this year, where I'm like, you know, people don't know me for the most part. Right. And so I feel this need to have to prove to everyone that I'm smart and prove to everyone that I'm nice and prove that I'm, you know, capable and yeah. all these things. And at the end of the day, it's, I end up just taking away from myself, you know, and I'm, I'm trying to force myself to go to these parties or do these interactions and things that I genuinely don't want to do. And if we're being honest, I'm probably not going to see half of these people in, (laughs) you know, eight months from now, but it's just me trying to feel like I need to validate myself through other people. And I'm never going to be happy like that. And I was actually super proud of myself. Like after I went to the football game last night, I was talking to my little brother in the car and I was like, do I go out tonight? I don't really want to go out. And he's like, then don't go out. Yeah. Like, what are you, like, what are you doing? Don't yeah. go out. And I was like, you're so right. Yeah. Like, my dad, he taught me about, he's like, you just have to have a fuck it attitude. Yeah. Like what he says, you know? And it's like, I mean, either, I mean, that can go both ways. You can right. be like, like, for example, fuck it. I'm just going to stay home and do, do me, like yeah. do myself. 
Or you can say, fuck it, I'm not going to hold back. I'm going to go all out. Yeah. You know? mm-hmm. And it's, uh, it's like one of those, one of those things that, uh, it's, you have to realize that, I mean, it, it starts with yourself. Yeah. Um, 100%. Then once it's like, you can, you don't, it's not, you don't need, you don't need validation from other people. You need to be, feel validated by yourself. Yeah. And I think that is where like, cause, uh, that, once you validate yourself, you start to realize that other people see that in you. Yeah. You know? And other people uh, recognize you. And even, too, it builds confidence for people that don't recognize you, mm-hmm. you know? Being secure, being, like, despite what people say, I know who I am. I know my truth. I know this mm-hmm. stuff. And it makes what other people think and those outside influence, outside influences have less of an influence yeah it's like they can't hurt you anymore yeah because once you once you know what My final form yeah <laughs> <laughs> exactly and like once you know you know who you are and what you deserve and and, and all these things it's like, like i just keep thinking about the fucking college too and like yeah. <laughs> this whole thing of like needing to feel validated by getting into a good school or something right. and then you know if i don't get into this school then i'm not smart enough or I'm not right. good enough or I'm not whatever. And it's yeah. like, at the end of the day, I, I need to be able to find that within myself and say, you know what? I know that I'm smart enough. I know that I work hard enough. I right. know that all these things. And even if this school rejects me, that is not define me. And that is not, you know, I'm not, if this school rejects me, I'm not going to look back and say, yeah, it's because I am stupid or it's right. because I'm not yeah. worthy or whatever. Because if I, you know, reach that place of feeling good enough without that validation, then right. they, they can't hurt me, right? Yeah. I mean, too, even with college, it's, I think it's harder because you literally, it, all you are to a college is a grade. Yeah. All you are, are just all a you are, fucking number. And... All you are are your achievements. Yeah. Um, and for me, I, I'm, I'm not really struggling with college that much. I did earlier, but, mm-hmm. uh. That's just because, I mean, I'm calling to community. I love mm-hmm. the decision I came to, and it's not because, like, I have bad grades or, like, anything like that. But it's just, I I just think that anxiety in the whole process of trying to apply to a four-year is unnecessary. Like, yeah. I don't I don't need to feel that much anxiety through an application process. I don't need to feel like this decision is going to decide my whole entire life right. in the future. And honestly, I mean, I'll, I mean... I hate to break it to a lot of these people, but community college is quite a solid path. It's um, a very <laughs> solid path. Like you can like it's if if you stay go to community in California two years, you're almost guaranteed into any school you want yeah. to go to mm-hmm. in California. And it's like I and that's just the conclusion I've come to, but also yeah. to just being in school hearing everyone talk about college apps, like yep. where they're applying and like talking about it in English class, hearing teachers talk about it. And then I'm the person going to community, and I'm just like, uh, it's not, I don't feel like, I feel less than, almost. Yeah. Um, even though in my head, I'm like, I know this is going to be the better, better path yeah. for, for myself. Um, but that's kind of just like, it's it's about checking yourself, too, you right. know? Like, understanding what is that, what is um, your anxiety, and what is your truth. Yeah. Yeah, that's so true. I, I hate that idea of, like, you know, people looking at you as less, or, or even feeling that in yeah. Because I, I think it is true. I think people do look down on community college or do look down on, you know, caliber of schools, especially in right, this town. Right, it's the and, easy path, you yeah, know? Yeah, and it's not, and it's like, 
no, actually, it's the smart path. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, there's so there's a lot where I just think so much of what we do in this town, too, is based on ego and how we think people are going to perceive us. Right. And, and honestly, I mean, I my, parent, uh, my parents are great. I never felt obligated to go to college. Yeah. My dad never went to college, and he was like, honestly, if you don't want to go, I don't really care. Right. Um, and But it is also, too, it, it is a big sort of that ego like mm-hmm. idea, you know? How do I prove to everyone else that I'm the best? You know? Yeah. And I think that's kind of just, I mean, the downfall of Los Gatos. Yeah. It's the constant need to, you know, be like this perfect little family mm-hmm. with like perfect children. And I mean, my parents have never been like that. They've like, like we need to move. I hate yeah. it here. Like all this stuff. And I'm like, no, I have friends here. Like yeah. all that stuff. Um, But I mean, yeah, I think. Los Gatos honestly has it like probably the worst. Yeah, we have a very toxic culture here, and I think it's our job to to work to improve that. You right, know what I and mean? I think part of it too is just the. I feel like Los Gatos has been pretty, pretty like socially has been pretty stagnant. Like yeah. they have like been in the same. It's been like the same social idea for a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, you know the whole white complex idea. Yeah, like, I think. There needs to be something to stir the pot a little, yeah, <laughs> yeah, you know, to mix it up. Um, and I think that I don't. It, it's hard because Los Gatos ha- is in this bubble, you know, mm-hmm. and people want to stay in that bubble, yeah, but that bubble. So people don't like, like you know, change isn't comfortable, right? And over the summer, I was like, I, I, I like made friends that go to different schools, mm-hmm. and like I didn't. Um, I don't really hang out with people that much from Los Gatos. Yeah. And it, it's like, it opened my world up so much more. Yeah. And even, it, it wasn't even that far outside of Los Gatos. It was like Willow Glen mm-hmm. or um, like people that go to Valley Christian or live in Santa Clara or whatever. Right. Um, and you start to realize that it's everywhere else. It's just so much more different. And yeah. I think it's funny too, because I think... Everyone from a school that isn't Los Gatos kind of knows each other and who they are. But if I were to ask those the people that were friends with that didn't go to Los Gatos, like talk about people that do go to Los Gatos, mm-hmm. be like who? Yeah. What? But they would talk like all my friends were like from different schools. Yeah. So they would talk about their friends, and then they'd be like, "Oh yeah, I know that person." But anyone mentioned from Los Gatos, they'd be like, "Who?" Yeah. Sorry. And what? like me, I would like they would talk about their friends, be like, "Who?" So mm-hmm. it's kind of like Los Gatos, just like endlessly. Like, we're just isolated. We've done it yeah. to ourselves too. Yeah. Exactly. And everywhere outside of Los Gatos apparently is ghetto. So. <laughs> yeah. We just <laughs> or dangerous. Look down. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. It's that it's the whole superiority thing too of us thinking that, oh, if we have money or if we're yeah. this or if we're, you know, we get into the best colleges, then we are right. inherently better. And it's like, that's not, that's not how life works. And that's just, right. if you truly think that because you go to Harvard or you go to whatever school that you are better than another person. Right. Then you need to check yourself. Yeah, and I've seen li- a license plate on a like 2007 Honda Civic yeah. that's like Harvard grad. And yeah. I'm like, well, so you probably, I mean, weren't really, you didn't get much out of that Harvard degree, huh? <laughs> like, it's it, it doesn't. Yeah, I don't it's know. not an in, it's not an indicator of of wealth or success or right. anything in life. It's just a, it's just you know something that happens. It's right. not it's not part of who you are or you know, what you're worth or something. Yeah, and also too, just like the school system's messed up as it is. Yeah, <laughs> Like, I think no, there's definitely. like, there's one, this one quote, I forget who it's by, but I learned in like my history class and it was like, if you were to travel in time, you would notice 
two things and it was like a school and a church and i think mm. that's like really really true because like there hasn't been much change in school at all yeah like it's been like common core was probably the biggest change yeah and <laughs> and like that still did jack shit like yep. that was just terrible as it is yep. you know yeah um and it's just i think it's at a point now where these standards were set in the past but now everyone's reaching that standard yeah you know and so there has to be some sort of way where you can now kind of under like build a new standard to make it possible for more people to be successful yeah because yeah. right now everyone's reaching the same place and eventually everyone's going to be at that place yeah and, and then the bar just be- goes higher and higher and higher. And the bar will just go higher and higher and higher and then it's at some point it's just gonna like stop you yeah know? and we're driving people insane trying to get there you right. know and it's like like f- who like the fact that people need to take like four to five ap classes yeah to get into just like a uc yeah it's just like ridiculous to me yeah yeah <laughs> it's it's it just doesn't we're, we're valuing these things now where we're not we're not looking at the whole person and saying okay right. what does that do to a person to say to them you need to get all A's your entire high school life. You need to take four APs your junior year and right. at least five your senior year. And you need to score this on the SAT and this on the ACT and this on the subject. To, and and saying, okay. Offer a piece of paper. Yeah. And, and <laughs> saying, and saying, what is that going to do to a person throughout that time? Right. How is that going to affect their emotional well-being, their mental health, their family interactions, all these things? You are robbing a kid of their childhood. Yeah, like, exactly. Like, that's straight up what you're doing. Yeah. And my, like, my parents were never strict on grades. So, it's, yeah. if, you d- if you did your best, that's all we care about. Right. Um, but it's, it's, it's uh, hard because, like, it's like, oh, well, at least you have the status symbol, but, like, at what cost, you yeah. know? Yeah, yeah. And, like, that's kind of, I think, like, just a common theme in Las Vegas. It's just, like, idea of status and how other people yeah. view you. And I think... I mean, it's hard, it's annoying, and kind of as a person that doesn't really believe in that, yeah. and I, I feel like I'm, like, kind of in there to, like, shake things up a little bit. Mm-hmm. No, <laughs> yeah. I feel that, too. I feel like we're, like, little rebels trying, yeah, to, exactly. trying to stir the pot up <laughs> a little bit here. Yeah, I know. It's just, like, we just, we need some changes, and I think at the end of the day, the only way to make that is, you know, shake it up. Yeah, just, exactly. Just do something that's a, that just goes against it, and, and... How expose people to the idea that you don't need these certain things to be successful and you know if you do go to that school then great if that's what you're thinking like congrats yeah right don't undermine the people that are exactly that's the that's the whole thing too of like you know whatever path you end up on you know maybe you end up on the best fucking path of all time and you're an all-star and you make the most money and you're this this and this and have the most success it that's fine no one's shitting on you for that it's just don't just make sure that you're not, you don't feel like you're better than other people right. and, and that they're below you. Right. And also, too, the thing is, like, people measure success in many different ways. Completely. And, Completely. like, some people measure it by whatever, how many achievements they have, how much yeah. money they make. And some people do it by how happy they feel and, like, right. family and stuff like that. And, the people they've impacted. Right. And, and then, mm-hmm. like, success is different for everyone. So arbitrary. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, it's just, it's just, it's just hard. It's just yeah. annoying to see. And... It's too just like it. They're expecting, and also too with that, it's like they ex- like older people expect children to be successful, have like an mm-hmm. idea of being successful. But yeah, 
not understanding the fact that in order to be successful today is extremely yeah. hard. <laughs> like the, the cost difference. of the cost of living today mm-hmm. is so hard and like I mean we're, we're they're talking about it a lot in politics and like the yeah. debates and stuff like that about kind of the younger generation and how um and those and how like it's too expensive. Yeah. And I mean it's just it's just hard because it's just the expectation yeah. you know unreasonable expectations completely we just feel like we've kind of already been fucked and so yeah. it's like <laughs> <Exactly>. cool <laughs> right and then obligation of like we're supposed to fix it you know yeah yeah like you were the ones who you know ended up kind of screwing us and now we're the ones here to clean up the mess yet again <laughs> yeah <laughs> you know like literally like environment stuff too like there's all these things where it's like you know people shit on millennials yeah, exactly. all they want but at the end of the day we're like Dude, we're struggling because yeah. we're trying to come here as the cleanup crew and try to, Liter- yeah, you know, get rid of these fucking giant yeah, student loans. Yeah, but our plan going to die and... by 2050. Yeah, so, exactly. like, so it's <laughs> like we're like we're all depressed because we're like, what are we doing? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We just, you know, it's it's crazy to put all that burden to on one generation and be like, all right, up to you guys. Yeah, to, exactly. To yeah. fix this shit, <laughs> we're like, oh god. Yeah, I'm like, great. Yeah, there's more, yeah. more that we need to do. Yeah, <laughs> on top of my AP classes, let me go try to save the planet. <laughs> yeah, like, exactly. That's great. Let me go out and buy a little straw real quick. Yeah. Mm-hmm, <laughs> mm-hmm. And it's like, it's not even like you have the money to buy the gas to get there. Right. The exactly. Prices are so. Uh, like, we'll see like, how far how far this five dollars will take. Yeah. Me. Exactly. <laughs> it's all whack, man. But I like I like that we're trying to shake it up at least. Yeah, exactly. Stir the pot there. I know. Yeah. All right, dude. Thank you so much for doing this. Oh, thank you so much for having me. I I literally like nothing brings me more joy than just like having these conversations. And yeah, no, on. I think it's it's really important to what you're doing and like thank just this you. this podcast in general. Um, and people that are listening, I know that like it impacts them. You know, because like it's important for people to feel like they have someone that they you know. I feel like too for you, it's like. I know now too that I can talk to you. You know. Thank you. Come, that means the right? like literally the world to me. Yeah, and I think I mean it's important too in this like building relationships. Yeah. And kind Getting of out there, <laughs> hearing people and understanding that all our minds are different. You know. Yeah. And all yep. our stories are different, and how we experience the world are different. And I mean, I think that's just it's just amazing what you're doing. Thank you. So thank you so much for having me. Oh my god, <laughs> you're such a sweetie. <laughs>